This is Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda. I'm Johnny Hart talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the world. Let's join Ed Moyer in New York. Good evening from London. Hey, Johnny. Let's first reflect on those US inflation numbers from yesterday, with the cost of living falling to its lowest level in more than a year, in what seems to be a further sign that price pressures have peaked amid the Fed's campaign to tighten monetary policy. What were your thoughts on these latest inflation numbers? I think there was uh, a strong consensus that, yes, inflation has peaked. Uh, Consumer prices are cooling gradually. When you take a look at core, that was where you saw prices tick higher. But uh, I think a lot of that was shrugged off because that surge was because of shelter, food and clothing prices. And for a lot of people, shelter was the key takeaway because shelter prices are the last ones to decline. So I think there's strong expectations. The housing market's in a recession. We should see shelter prices um, soon come down. So there was a lot of optimism that, you know, this report was just in line. Um, Some traders were expecting a, a sharper deceleration. But I think it suggests the economy is slowing. Um, We're going to probably see more demand destruction, which should continue to help with these disinflation trends. The important takeaway, though, is the Fed speak that we got. Um, You know, Fed's Harker said he sees 25 basis point hikes appropriate going forward. And it seems that we're getting more members to fall in line with that stance. So there's optimism here that you're you're going to see more pricing weakness uh, going forward. But the big question mark is, well, what happens when inflation's you know down to four percent or three? Does it get stuck there? And then um, this is where markets are betting that it's going to go down, and that um, eventually you're you're going to see the the Fed go to cutting mode. And and that's probably still um very much up for debate. <laughs> um, and, and I think what we'll, we'll see is the Fed is likely to downshift now to 25 at the February 1st meeting, and uh, they're standing by their dot plot forecast. So I think you'll see that's where markets are disagreeing with the Fed. So we'll see what the next wave of data suggests. But you know, it's important to pay close attention to energy prices. Um, energy prices have been rising. The reason we saw this softer CPI readings was because you know fuel prices, airfare was cheap. That's starting to head back up this month. So we'll see what happens. But I think there's still a lot more fighting of inflation that needs to be done. And, um, you know, we can't just necessarily say the Fed will be one and done at the February 1st meeting. And I've been reading this University of Michigan survey tied in with these inflation numbers. And it says some really interesting things about consumer expectations. I think this was one of the more important economic readings that um, is not getting enough attention. Uh, the U.S. Uh, the year-ahead inflation expectations um, fell much more uh, than expected to four percent, and uh, that's the lowest levels we've seen since April of 2021. Um, and I think what's also positive about this report is that, uh, as far as sentiment goes. That rose to a 12-month high. Obviously, the uh, decline in in gasoline prices was uh, a big contributing factor for that. But um, I think it shows you that um, there's there's the you know I think a strong belief that these disinflation trends are going to remain. Um, What was interesting though was that the five to 10-year expectations edged up uh, higher, just a tenth to three percent. So it's you know that that's not concerning just yet, but 
you know, if we if we have a couple more reports where that's heading higher, then um, uh, there might be something be behind that move. But um, I think the, this is still very optimistic for um, market expectations that inflation is going to continue to head lower, uh, and that um, you, you'll, you'll probably see uh, an easy path towards four percent. But um, um, no, I think it's still you know suggests the Fed could still remain hawkish, and they still need to remain in tightening mode. Let's talk earnings now, Ed, and we've had a raft of bank earnings today, which suggests there are tough times ahead for that sector. I think what we've seen was, uh, you know, it, it, it's, you know, it's a little complicated because, you know, most of these uh, banks, um, you know, their, their earnings uh, were not well received, uh, you know, and it's tough because, you know, you, you, uh, you post such a strong you know, profit number, uh, and and uh, yet you know, there's there's um, I think a big concern that expenses are going up. Um, I think that a, a lot of uh, traders, what they're noticing too, is that you're having a um, you know you're, you're having a clear message sent by these banks that uh, you know they they they're preparing for the worse uh and and one of the i think the important takeaways is that uh they, they you know they're building up their reserves and uh, i i think you're you're probably going to see that um when you consider um you know just how strong the labor market um, has been um and how strong these um consumer spending numbers uh just uh, have been throughout the holiday period um i think there was a, a expectation that we weren't going to see uh, such a, a sharp rise in provisions for credit losses. So the banks are preparing for some tough times ahead. Um, and, and I think what you're probably going to see is, uh, you know, they're, they're in a, they're in cost-saving mode. And I think that uh, a lot of these banks, um, they're, I think the theme that across this earnings season is going to be, there's going to be a lot of layoff announcements, cost-cutting measures uh, implemented. Um, and uh, I think for, for the banks, this is, is going to be um, a period where, yes, they'll benefit from you know, the, the, the big move, move up in, in yields, um, but that's not necessarily um, going to um, you know, help, help, I think, their, their um, profit numbers throughout the rest of the year. I think, you know, the, the tough economic times ahead um, are, are, are going to prove to be a little bit difficult for them. Um, I think Wells Fargo, um, you know, was, was you know, hit um, because they, you know, they had to um, slash their earnings in half. They, their reserves are, you know, up significantly and they had massive settlement costs. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, I think, um, concerns that, you know, you know, these recession risks remain. Um, no one is an outlier in, in making a strong call on what's going to happen. But I think there's um, good expectations that, um, you know, loan growth might struggle here. And, um, you know, I think, you, you know, you should anticipate that, um, you know, the, some of these profit levels are, are going to probably, um, I think, get slashed as the years go on. Oil has rallied in recent days. Brent crude just touching $85 a barrel at the moment and WTI around about 80 I assume that's down to the increased optimism about the global economy, particularly in China and following those numbers from the US yesterday. Definitely. And, and I think, you know, 
the biggest you know catalyst has been China optimism. You know, China optimism um, is is uh, you know that's why refiners are having bigger quotas. Uh, you know, Europe is going to benefit from. Um, uh, a stronger demand, demand for, from China. The reopening of the borders continues. There's still a lot of pent-up travel demand. Uh, some, you know, travel surveys are, are, are suggesting that, you know, we're, you know, watch out for uh, traveling this year. Uh, there's going to be, I think, uh, a lot of, um, a lot more trips planned than uh, people are anticipating. Um, and business travel is struggling, but I think overall, though, you're, you're, you're seeing that, you um, some of the worst case scenarios don't seem like they're going to be happening. The consensus view is not that Europe's going to have a severe recession. Um, in fact, um, you know, some people are saying that the, for, for you, uh, the UK looks like it might avoid a recession, uh, at least for the time being. And, and I think that you're, 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 you're probably going to see that, uh, you know, oil markets, they still remain tight. Um, and uh, there's still um, some some calls that you know we're we're not too far from $100 oil again. So I think you'll you'll probably see investors are going to be very cautious here. Um, but I think there's strong expectations that uh, um, you know oil's got a, a major floor at the $70 level, and uh, you're probably going to see that um, uh, if if China's reopening momentum continues, if the data from Europe um, is uh, comes in um, roughly in line with expectations with a gradual slowdown, then um, you're probably going to see that uh, oil prices should remain you know, fairly supported here. Bitcoin's also rallied and climbed above that very important 18,500 psychological level, which I know you have pushed home over the last few weeks and months. Yes, and I think this is a, a fascinating move. As far as the crypto headlines go, it seems that the market has, you know, for the most part, priced in all the the, the damage sentiment that has stemmed from the FTX collapse. You know, DCG concerns remain. Um, you know, I, I think you know, you know, some of the big takeaways is that you know, crypto has avoided crippling legislation. Um, I think there's still a, a good chance this year we'll get some. Um, guidelines for stable coins, uh, but but it appears that the peak in yields are in place. Um, you know, investors they're now looking um, for uh, different places to put their money than instead of equities. Um, you know, there's uh, I think a lot of people are now finally pricing in the earnings risk, and uh, I think, you know, fixed income is is back. Um, I think you're going to see that uh, some investors are going to, um, you know, take advantage of the yield that you're getting now with treasuries, um, but I, I think overall, uh, crypto is, is, is benefiting from the peak in yields, and uh, I think there's uh, expectations that uh, now you're going to start to see um, more more interest in the space as the focus shifts towards blockchain development um, and uh, more, uh, um, I think, projects that will help lead to mass adoption. Um, and and I think overall, though, uh, you know, the, you know, the the bearish pundits, um, they're, they they just abandoned their shorts. So I think that's helped pave the way for this move higher. Um, you know, I'd like to see. Bitcoin remain above twenty eight thousand five hundred, um, you know, for not just one session, but you know, let's let's give it another week. Um, and if that's the case, then um, things could get ex ex very interesting um, because that could awaken some some dormant bulls, um, which you know 
remain, um, I think, uh, fearful of, of um, some of the short-term risks that still remain with them. With them. There's probably still a, a handful of contagion risks out there. Let's look to the week ahead. Of course, uh, we're into the third week nearly of the new year. First week, the big story was the non-farm payroll. Then, of course, we had U.S. inflation numbers. What's on the agenda for week three? This week, we'll see that um, it's going to be a shortened week, at least uh, for, for me. Uh, U.S. markets are closed for uh, Martin Luther King Day. Attention at the beginning of the week, though, is going to be on the World Economic Forum. Uh, so we're, we're going to have lots of coverage of uh, what's happening at Davos, Switzerland. Um, you have EU finance ministers meeting in Brussels, too. Um, so that's that's going to dominate headlines. People are going to be talking about their their uh, their outlooks for the year and uh, what, what are the... Um, pressing risks that that remain. Um, I think um, as far as economic data goes, uh, things really pick up on Tuesday. That's when we get the Empire State Manufacturing Survey. Um, For Canada, they have their CPI release. Uh, Big day for China. Um, At night, uh, we have China's retail sales, industrial production, fourth quarter GDP, and all this, all these data points are going to show lots of weakness because this is these readings, Q4 GDP and the rest were all December readings. They're going to show um, the impact of that, you know, those COVID restrictions, and uh, um, I, I think that that's also going to be accompanied by um, uh, expectations that you're, you're you're going to get some easing from the PBOC as well. So that's going to be uh, uh, one of the dominant themes I think early in the week. Um, Key data out of Germany, CPI, the ZAEW survey expectations um, also happen. A lot of Fed speak, a lot of central bank speak, a lot of there's, it, I think this is, this is going to be a very busy week um, as far as hearing from central bankers, as far as, uh, you know, who's going to Davos to, you'll probably see expectations that you'll probably have about 56 finance ministers participating. So um, everyone's going <laughs> to get a chance to say something. Um, earnings are going to be um, also, um, I think, a big story. Um, we've heard from some of the banks will hear from the rest, Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley. We'll also hear from the airlines. Uh, and that's going to be an interesting one just to see exactly um, their take. Um, you know, if consumers are still flying, if they're still planning trips, it's going to really support that argument that the consumer is still strong. We also have, um, as far as rate decisions go, the main event is the BOJ. They're expected to keep rates on hold, but um, people are going to be looking for any signs of hints as far as uh, uh, some some of the the bigger changes that could be uh, down the road, um, possibly this year, but most likely next year. Um, and as far as, um, you know, inflation data on Wednesday, we also get, you know, UK, South African and Eurozone CPI readings. Those are going to be important as well. Um, uh, rate decisions on Thursday include Norway and Turkey. Uh, Turkey expected to keep rates on hold. Um, and uh, I think for, for a lot of people, the uh, uh, Norway, they're, you know they're they're getting close to the end of their tightening cycle, and uh, you know expectations are for them to hold this meeting and possibly I think deliver one more hike at the next. So it's a busy busy week. Uh, Friday we finish up with U.S. existing home sales. China will cut their loan prime rates. U.K. retail sales uh, will heal from ECB's Lagarde. Also some big earnings from Schlumberger and American Airlines. So busy week indeed. Well, have a very good weekend and we look forward to speaking to you next time around. Thank you. Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda.